0: welcome everybody to a special edition of views from the bridge a midweek edition due to some big news i have chuck booth and paul katrina with me how are you gentlemen
1: i am fantastic um not just because ernest tanner is a boss but also because of the fact that spurs are in the fucking champions league final
0: c-o-y-s baby c-o-y-s
2: Ah, uh, listen to you guys. I'm actually, I'm actually, truly, genuinely happy for you as a London rival. But like that, that comeback today, it should not have happened, and it just it just did. It did, guys. That was glorious. That, honestly, we live in such good soccer times right now, where the one thing that's objectively being watched by all United States soccer fans are these two huge games: Liverpool, Barca, and tottenham Ajax and their classics like instant classics that give you goosebumps watching them almost as good as watching the philadelphia union play the new england revolution almost as good almost
0: (laughs) all right well (laughs) brought to you by our sponsors roughneck scars golden gold press we have a midweek edition of views from the bridge where we're actually going to talk about the philadelphia union and not tottenham uh though i would love to guys two Three, actually, big pieces of news today. First, um, I guess we'll talk about David Akam. David Akam traded to the Columbus crew for $100,000 in TAM, $400,000 in GAM, and an international roster spot. Uh, Akam has had four goals to assist with, our, with the union this season after his, obviously, rough season last, last season. Guys, what do you, uh, I mean, top of the line, I mean, we got videos from the union today, but kind of top level, what do you think of this trade?
1: Um, so, this trade alone, I'm kind of conflicted on, because, obviously, the union put a lot of money into getting David to come. Also, Ernest Tanner had nothing to do with the union putting a lot of money into getting David to come. Therefore, he does not care. Um, this was kind of looking at a... You have now, what is it, 3.5 strikers in front of him? I'm still going to give Corey Burke a .5, because at this point, you assume he has a place on this roster once he gets his shit figured out and comes back into the U.S.,
2: right? Yes, whatever the unverified, non-reckless, speculative reason is for his yes,
1: yes, the, the non-fail embargo
2: tests. in Jamaica, I would still absolutely consider him part of this Philadelphia Union team. And that's all I'll say on Cory Burke this week.
1: <laughs> um, so you, you take that into account. Then uh, you look at the fact that, realistically... David Akam is making a lot of money. The union need to clear salary because of one Jamario Monteiro. Well, Montiero.
2: Yeah, and I think because, I don't think Tanner was very quick to do this move because it wasn't his move to begin with. It's not because he wasn't the one who brought in Akam, so it, he's instantly disposable. I think when you look at the logistics of playing David Akam in the 442, you're setting up a diamond midfield and you have to play with two strikers with the wingbacks providing support. There's no room for someone who excels as strictly a winger. It just it, it's really tough because I also generally put Fafa in that category as well that I think he's better off running down the wings and being able to spread the field. But David makes so much more money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and... Unfortunately,
1: <laughs> Kasper the goal in a third straight game was the final nail in David Akam's uh, coffin. And it's interesting because the... I've never, like, seen a team this like even though it was a tough decision but this easily deal a player who's being productive right at the moment like akam was one of the best per minute goal scorers in mls this year
2: yeah i i mean the turnover for attacking players for philadelphia has been insane this past year you lose cj sapong you lose David Akam, you lose one of the highest paid players in Union history in Jay Simpson. Uh, that that one really kills. He was really a huge impact for this team. Um, but the, the attacking depth uh, on this team is something that they keep throwing curveballs at you, but for some reason you're not concerned because the men who are up top right now are getting it done are getting it done for your squad and when you've got so much support behind you these little these little calculated moves to keep the core of this team together and mainly to keep Jamiro Montero on this team for not just the rest of this year you want to bring that dude back you, you absolutely want to buy that dude if you can buy that dude and you're going to need all the resources you can and it sounds as if um, in Hearing Tanner discuss this today, which, by the way, was awesome by the Philadelphia Union to be so transparent about this so that you don't have all this clickbait flying around as to why the Union would make such a rash move. Or It was clearly premeditated. It was clearly discussed between management and David Akam. Clearly, there was not going to be enough opportunities for him to get time on this team in a position that he's not necessarily fit to play, they got a good ass haul for him in in money. They really did, and and like we were discussing earlier, one of the most important aspects of this, which you can speak more to, is the international spot acquired from Columbus as well. I mean, clearly, they. I think when you think back to David Akam's MLS worth to start the season, it was a bag of potato chips because of his performance last season. You thought we were looking at a broken striker. And he resurged himself enough in a a certain amount of games to show that he still has value on a team that can utilize him well. Not Philadelphia. I don't care that it's Columbus. I I don't care if it's an East team. Whatever. They're below us on the table.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I look at it and I think like so two things, like, I think at this point we look at the Philadelphia Union and, like, what has happened in this offseason and the, the acquisitions that have been made. And you look at what Ernst Tanner has brought to this roster this offseason in Kai Wagner, in uh, Monteiro, in um, just making sure in Shabilko. And I think you look at – he knows how to use players. He knows what players we need in our system. And I think – the the, I'm not even going to say it's unfortunate because it's not unfortunate for David Akam, but I think the the part of it that makes sense for me is what you said. I think uh, you look at somebody like Fafa, and I think Fafa and David Akam play very, very, very similar games. Like, they mm-hmm. have very similar, similar talents. And I think you... And I think the same thing with Sapong. Like, you look at Sapong, and I think Santos and Shabilko have very similar talents to Sapong. To Sapong. And so I think that those guys just become uh not as needed anymore and so i think i think it's an easy move to make because we still do have um somebody who has a little bit more pace who has a little bit more speed with pico so i'm not i'm not sure that we are I, i'm not sure that the union or any weaker giving up a com i think it raises fafa's minutes potentially um but i'm just not sure that our roster became worse today um, if not better in a potential acquisition of Montiero.
1: Yeah. If anything the roster became ten times more flexible today because now instead of juggling eight international spots for a bajillion players, you're juggling nine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that's been really good. And so I think I think to me I have I have a lot of trust in Tanner at this point and um also i have a lot of trust in jim Curtin this season i'm not sure i'm not sure where that comes from based on the last couple of seasons but i have a lot of trust in both of them that they're going to get this figured out and put people in the right positions
1: i would agree with that um i want to take this as a second to backtrack i th- believe paul's gonna know where i'm going with this but um to a take that I've been begging home since he left for the U.S. men's national team
2: here we go
1: that Ernie Stewart has hampered and hamstrung this team and they are now free from his reign of tyranny
2: I will not sit here and absolutely bash Ernie Stewart I'm a fan of Ernie Stewart's I've watched him score a lot of goals growing up Er
1: um, let, me ex- let me let me expand on this really quickly just before you go into this. Alright. Just because he Spurs stre- one today. just he, because strengthened the, won. he strengthened the youth coming through the system. He did absolutely nothing for the first team. Tanner, coming with his knowledge from Red Bull, is able to meld both together in what you actually need from a gene.
2: And what I find... What I'm thankful for with Ernie Stewart is that he dedicated most of his time to establishing an awesome academy for someone else to come in and not have to worry about building that from the ground up. And what was rather annoying in his tenure here was that he he kind of told you what you wanted to hear in regards to his, his influence or his... Uh, his effort to improve the first team. But we all know he was just focusing on the academy. We all know he was just trying to build infrastructure for this squad. I kind of think he was foreseeing himself being here for a long time and kind of just running this team for about a decade. But when your your national team calls you and says, get in here and save us, I think pride took over a little bit. And honestly, it was a wonderful blessing for the union because – Without Tanner, this team looks a lot different. It really yeah. does.
1: Yeah, I don't want to think about that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're, we're here now. We're here now. We're, we're living in Ernst Tanner's dynasty. He's building it before our eyes. It's simply wonderful because these moves are so calculated. They serve a long-term purpose and have short-term rewards as well. They're They're just good moves. They're really good moves he's playing money ball with these guys that he's signing and he's cutting off dead space like to free mm. his, to free this team to be so deep at every position. It's the, wonderful.
1: The union are literally becoming a um, version of a team that wears red and white that we do not like. Um, but hopefully it will end with actual competition trophies that aren't
0: just supporter shield.
2: Ah, uh, uh, a shot at an energy drink. Okay. <laughs> I lo- I love it. I love it. Super. Yeah, duper. guys.
0: So that was a that was a fun deal. I, I do think the one other thing to say about this is I think this was a great actually a great business move for the crew as well. I think this move will actually benefit both teams in the long run. I think I think uh, putting David Acom again you know alongside guys like Will Trap and and Giazzi Zardes and. Uh, you know, Federico Iguain I think is a, I think is a really good move, and I think yeah. he is put in a system that now will help him use some of those strengths that he ha- obviously has.
1: Yeah, I mean, for yeah, for the crew, David Accom on one wing and Pedro Santos on the other. Good lord, like they just shipped out an inconsistent Justin Miram to Atlanta and replaced him with David Akam.
2: Also, why s- did Atlanta take Justin Miram? <laughs>
1: Um, Because Atlanta (laughs) needs depth, and they need to move Julian Gressel as far forward as possible. And Miriam helps them do that.
2: Okay. Uh, Dumpster fire. Uh, Granted, (laughs) right now, at this This moment in time, Atlanta is winning. Atlanta's
1: turning it back around.
2: Atlanta Um, is winning right now, currently, against the Union's next opponent, Toronto, which is very good for Philadelphia, because that means Toronto's going to have to grind all game long.
1: Toronto's also that... playing a very weird formation, and they have no forwards, which also votes well. Oh, Run gosh. Coswello into the ground, please. I yeah, don't right. want to see him this weekend.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. Well, in a related, obviously a related piece of news, uh, the Philadelphia Union also give a contract to Mitchie Galena, who has spent time with Bethlehem Steel, has 10 goals ten goals and 3 assists over his USL play between last year and this year i think also a very good move and i think we're we're trending toward playing our kids which i like and uh i think this is going to be a good thing so what do you guys think about mitchy galena
2: pace and power alert pace and power alert pace and power alert oh my goodness
1: goodness. also why is it you actually started an alarm to do that
2: yes i did that's right you're the worst (laughs)
0: Might have been the best moment on Views from the Ridge to this point. And
2: Guys, more whiskey. <laughs> Mitchie, Mitchie Galena is very fun to watch. And I think Union fans will appreciate the way he goes about playing the game. If you don't know anything about this kid, you just know his name. Philadelphia Union did just release an article by uh, Tom Villa, the um, communications director at Bethlehem Steel, really gives a lot of context to um, the type of player and person that he is. You know, um, can't say more about the kid and how he's tried to develop his game to be multifaceted to pretty much a T. Whatever's asked of him, he's gone forward 110% and done so. But what Union fans will really like about him is that he does backflips like Eric Ayuk, and he's going to get this chance in the first team because now... We have four and a half strikers, including the aforementioned Corey Burke. <laughs> but it's so nice because we, started, we replace... One's yes, one's Except one's cheaper, and one's nearly a decade younger, with very promising attributes. Mm. And the That'd only thing... The only <laughs> thing that really is a knock against his game is that he's not used to the tactical play that the union are trying to implement. The kid was purchased from Africa, probably playing in, you know, lower tier club club games that were just kind of very wide open. And now he gets signed to Bethlehem last year. He starts to learn how a general build up system works when you're an attacking player, but need to contribute on the defensive side. And it seems as if he's been working on all of those things. And it was only a matter of time before this contract was coming for him. Uh, I think you're going to be very excited to watch what he has to do when he gets the minutes for it. I'm not saying throw him right into the fire, but kid's fun to watch.
1: Yeah, what's very, what's interesting here is it seems like Mitchy could eventually be a more exciting Sergio Santos. Um, because they have pretty mm-hmm. similar skill sets, but. Mitchie moves more. Like, he's just a little ball of energy in the box, um, which is why he is a very good replacement for what David Akam brings to the team. But he's used to playing more centrally, which is better for the four-four-two diamond. Exactly. And he could even potentially end up being a starter in the future when... Santos hopefully ends up being using because I assume Santos is going to use this as a stepping stone club yeah and Fafa is probably not too far from going back to Europe himself so this is one for the future that can also learn from players who share his skill set now and still contribute and we'll definitely see him in open cup very soon
0: yeah, I think that's what's almost a really good move about the the timing of this move is, like, we're we're about to start our Open Cup play, and a lot of times your first one or even sometimes two games are against USL opponents, which Mitchie has already seen USL play. He already knows how USL teams roll. Generally, those games are against Eastern Conference USL teams, and so I think, like... It's a great time where he can learn the Union's tactics, potentially get five, 10 minutes at the end of games, and then potentially start one of these Open Cup games against a team he already knows, he's already played against, he's already aware of. And I think that just that's a really good timing of his addition to the squad um, to make sure that we uh, can get him minutes and get him rotation time um, without hurting our chances of winning games.
2: Also, super, super great timing on the union's part as well to pretty much eliminate all the grieving of David Accom. You really need. <laughs> because they announced the trade at 10.30, and then by noon, Mitchie Galena's a union first-teamer. And now the excitement's all around this promising 19-year-old kid that we've been basically growing. We We found him. Our scouts found him. We brought him into a system and said... If you work on X, Y, Z, you're going to be in the first team before you even know it. And now it's not even a year and a half later, and this kid has shown everyone in that technical staff that he's worth it. He really was worth it, and it's way less money to keep him on the roster. So I hate to be—I hate to bring it all back to money.
1: But you need senior minimum salary players to yeah. fill out an MLS roster. And the more they contribute, the better. That's Absolutely.
0: It. Absolutely. So one other piece of news, and, and we're yeah, trying to this keep this short. This was a pretty, this is,
1: pretty big day of
0: um, yeah, uh, yeah. The union. And I think for, for Chuck and I, these this is the best news we've gotten. <laughs> one of the best pieces of news, other than the Spurs winning, that we've gotten all day. Yeah. Uh, ESPN Plus uh, and it has kind of figured things out with the Philadelphia Union that we might actually get to hear more of J.P. Della and Tommy Smith. So I'm pretty excited about this.
1: Yeah, you. Um, it was actually billed as, notice what you heard differently in the Revs game. Yeah. You heard <laughs> I, the Union broadcasters, and I believe that was the first time ever, after I've been watching you on ESPN Plus since its inception, that I've heard... Home Union Broadcasting While not being at a game in Philly Or watching a game in Philly um, And as someone out of market Who can actually utilize ESPN Plus I am very happy for this The unions still need to figure out Their in-market streaming solution Hopefully not through Flow Sports But um, This is good news What's really funny Is that the major reason to why we couldn't hear them before was down to a technology issue. Yeah. The
2: union the union, were broadcasting out of a potato, and that was the main reason why ESPN couldn't use the service. But um, shout-out to Nick Fishman for pushing on that issue because it is something that I think I would find rather irritating if I was an out-of-market fan and just not being able to... <laughs> Do you fully listen
0: to some g- bad stuff
1: around MLS. Yes, you do. you, yes,
2: you do. do, yeah. And JP is an objective legend at what he does. Yeah. for soccer JP's, broadcasting.
0: JP's is stud.
2: Like he and... should, be, he should be the default choice for any game. It was like, oh, what is he? Is he available for this game? Yeah, he's going to be calling it no matter what. Let's get Joe from Williamsburg to go do it. No, you get JP Delcamara. 100% and it's I, it, it is super news. It, it really is because it it's going to affect the way that people can follow the game and get the information on the fly while listening to the game. It it I think it'll just inform more of the out of market fans who get to watch these games how to follow this team a little better.
0: Yeah, and I I I think my favorite, you know, I mean, JP is right up there as far as my favorite play-by-play soccer personality I mean I think Phil Shane is way up there too but I think JP is I mean JP obviously around the country is known as a quality soccer announcer he announces on national broadcast all the time and so I think when we're looking at that we're going like he needs to be doing you know he needs to be doing this so it makes me it makes me so glad that as an out-of-market fan I'm actually going to be able to turn it on and watch JP announce the games. And two, I think Tommy is so good and his dupe of the old onion bag calls are just absolutely fantastic. Um, And when you miss that as an out of town fan and only get to watch it on the highlights when you go back and watch the highlights, it is kind of depressing. So, um, I mean, props to the union for making this happen and pushing that issue.
1: Yes, it'll be great to hear the ultimate hype man in MLS that is Tommy Smythe.
2: Mm. All right, Love guys. We, we
0: will wrap this up, and I'm sure we will talk about this more next week when we talk about the Toronto game. But thanks for listening to another episode, a midweek episode of Views from the Bridge, a Philadelphia Union podcast, uh, sponsored by Roughneck Scars. Roughneck Scars is the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scars for your group or team at RoughneckScars.com. The other Golden Goal Press, Golden Goal Press is the best choice for you to get your custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at GoldenGoldPress.com. We are also part of the Beautiful Game Network, a network of soccer podcast news, opinions, content. Visit us at BGN.FM. Lastly, you can find us at Pod.
2: Yes. Damn, he got it right. Um,
0: <clears throat> on Twitter and at BGN.FM slash views from the bridge with hyphens on the web. You can find us wherever you consume your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Go hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing, let us know if you disagree with us. It's awesome. Thanks so much. Later, guys.
2: Wow, that read was with pace and power, just like Galina. The union are trending. Let's go.